0: Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchor Podcast. Today we're in Hebrews chapter two. It reads, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. As we jump in here to chapter two, what I'd like for us to focus in on on our nugget of truth for today is another hallmark of the book of Hebrews. And that is this concept of what is commonly called a warning passage. These warning passages are distributed through the epistle and serve as a warning for individuals about the seriousness of belief and the need for true belief and true repentance to be present. And so several places in this book, we're going to see that they contrast true belief with false belief or belief that is not taken to its fullest extent. We see that in doing so, they'll display that there are some people who appear that they are following the Lord but are not. And they give lots of Old Testament examples and imagery for us to understand the situation. We see this first here in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. In some ways, this warning here is much more mild than the warnings that we're going to see later on. It still serves to call the reader or the hearer to examine their faith, to examine the way in which they're pursuing the gospel and paying attention to that. In these first four verses, we see this nautical image that shows us that if we're not paying attention, we have this ability to drift away, like a boat that is drifting away from the land as the tides are moving it. So to combat that, we must be careful and pay close attention to what we have heard and what we've understood to make sure that we continue to move forward with those things. Because, in verse 2, the message was given by reliable individuals. Here he notes that angels even brought it. And as we see the importance of that, we see that they also can display the fact that the message that was given by the angels resulted in judgment for those who did not respond according to what had been revealed to them. So if there was judgment for the previous disobedience, there will continue to be judgment for the present and future disobedience that is possible with this new covenant that has been established. But the important thing here is that God has demonstrated the validity of his message and his messenger by the signs and wonders and miracles that have been done through him. And so throughout the scriptures, whenever we see miracles that are there, they're given to us for the understanding that God is validating the message of the messenger who is coming to them. And so Jesus's ministry was validated in the same way that the Old Testament prophets had their ministries validated by the signs and wonders and miracles that they were doing. And so the call here is to pay carefully attention to what Jesus has taught so that you are not drifting away. And so it's a warning about neglecting the things of the Lord and looking back at other things, because really that's what this book is about. The author says, don't neglect the salvation in this offer that we have received and the way in which God is displaying that we are to follow him under the message that came from Jesus Christ. Don't neglect that and go back to these older things that you used to do. And the call is the same for us. Think about today, what ways are you reverting back to your pre-Christ life, going back to the things that you used to believe or living in light of former realities rather than the salvation and the message that God has given to us in the gospel. And so the challenge for today is as we seek to anchor our faith that we would test ourselves and find ourselves to be approved in terms of the test of neglecting salvation, that we would not be guilty of that, but instead would be heeding the words of the gospel and living our lives in light of those teachings. As far as a question from our passage today, I'd like for us to look down into verse 14. It says, Since therefore the children share in the flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. So, if Jesus' death destroyed the devil, why is it that the devil is still around? Why is it that the devil has been given the ability to rule the, the current systems of the world? When we look into this passage and when we look into this verse specifically, we see that the destruction that is mentioned here is not destruction in terms of the annihilation that we would think of or the complete disintegration of whatever it is but it is more of the destruction of the plans of the devil or removing its ability or his ability to do what he is trying to do. It's to thwart the plans or to remove the possibility of the other one succeeding at what they're doing. And so looking into that, that helps us to better understand what takes place in this situation. Because the teaching that's here in verses 14 and 15 show kind of a twofold reason for, and necessity for the death of Christ. The death of Christ first destroys the plans of Satan, and second provides deliverance for those who believe. So this is not referring to an actual destruction of Satan that took place at that point in time, but instead is referring to the destruction of the plans and the destructions of the agenda that he had in claiming victory over sin and death and ultimately victory over the plans of Satan. And so there are a lot of different things that we could look at in terms of the manner in which the resurrection is thwarting the plans of the devil. There are many different beliefs and many different things that are written there. We don't necessarily have the time to look at all of them today. But it is important to note that there are some beliefs that basically some people believe that Jesus tricked the devil into an exchange that took place or that Jesus claimed victory over sin and death. By living the sinless life that he lived, Satan was not able to hold him in hell. And so he claims victory over that sin and death because death has no claim on him because he has not sinned. But if we look at really the author of Hebrews and what he's focusing on, possibly the greatest thing that he's going to display is that sin brought death into the world, and now Jesus, because of his death, is able to take away the lasting effects of death. So just as sin enters the world through death, A death takes and removes the necessity of the penalty of sin for the future. And so death is kind of full circle in that picture. Sin comes in, creates death. Sinlessness removes the death. And that is given through Jesus and made possible for others to accept because what he possesses then he can share with others. In the same way that our verse 14 says he partakes and he likewise shares or he fellowships with those of flesh and blood. And so they are able to exchange the things that they have in terms of the fellowship that is there, namely that Jesus shares his victory of sin and death with those who Who he likewise shares the commonality of flesh and blood with. And so that points to the importance of Jesus' divinity as well as his humanity, as well as his victory over sin and death. Uh, But all of that comes from just looking into this thought of hey, what happened or what is it that it is speaking of when it says that he destroys the devil in his death? And so, as always, we're encouraging you look into the different things that this passage and each passage every day brings as far as questions into your mind. What is it that it's trying to explain? What are areas that you may not fully understand or you'd like to learn more about? Look into those things. Share what you're discovering with the people around you so that you're mutually encouraging them to grow in their understanding of the Scriptures and to grow in their knowledge and love for the Lord. Know today you were loved.